coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzed on Movies. I'm Teddy. And I'm Matt. And we're here once again in the midst of the quarantine, bringing you another Halloween movie. Two, in fact. This week, we're going to be covering Halloween H2O and Halloween Resurrection. (laughs) (laughs) They're two very different movies, and (laughs) one I like very much, and one I very much don't like. Um, (laughs) They each have their own merits, in my mind, but... Uh, we'll, we'll get into it. Um, yes, we're here again. Uh, God, this is like, I don't know, the fourth week we're doing this in quarantine, I think. Maybe the fifth. So, uh, when, when was the first quarantine episode? I can't really remember. That, that was the, the pre-Halloween 3 episode where we announced that we were going to start doing the Halloween episodes again. Uh, mm, that seems right, yeah. It has been it has been a long uh, long journey that we've been on here. One, two, three, four. Yes, we've released four quarantine episodes. This is quarantine episode number five. And yeah, we're still hanging in there. We're still not going to the movies because you can't. So (laughs) we're just watching stuff at home. Uh, (laughs) Anything of interest you watched this week, Matt? (laughs) Uh, Well, this week I've mostly been like watching Stain music videos on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) So we're doing great, right? (laughs) me by your name for the 100th time and oh call um, me by your name again yeah. i actually watched it on the same day as halloween resurrection i was really running the full <laughs> gamut of um my movie taste there and it's such a great contrast of films yeah. there um i have also watched god's not dead 3 a light in the darkness and jesus christ superstar Dear God. Uh, so <laughs> some might say that i am doing really really well um <laughs> Oh, I watched mm-hmm. Emma, which is actually very good. Oh, yes. Emma is very good. Yeah. So that's actually the one like new release that I've seen that is really, really good. Also, Jesus Christ Superstar is also very good. It's a very good movie. It's just yeah, I like the it. same. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, Emma Not quite is... an Oscar winner, but pretty good. Yeah, but it's good. Fun stuff. Um, yeah. Um, I can't really think of much that I've watched this week. I've just I've been trying to catch up on Twin Peaks you know, yeah. uh, doing that. I don't think I've really watched any movies other than these Halloween films. Oh, I did watch The Emperor's New Groove the other night, which is fun. Oh, yes, I knew that, yeah. Um, That's a classic. That is fun. I've been watching Schitt's Creek, um, so I'm trying to power through that. I've actually never watched it in order. I've just seen random episodes here and there, and like a lot. Oh, yeah, same. So I've decided that I'm going to watch like the whole series and I'm really enjoying it. So I'm getting through a lot of that. Um, cool. Yeah. I'm also watching, you know, CNN and MSNBC and wanting to like rip my ears and eyeballs <laughs> out of my head. <laughs> the real life horror movie that's taking yeah. place around us. Yeah. I watch that almost constantly. So that's really fun for me. And I'm having a lot. I'm we all have a lot of laughs here <laughs> in Brooklyn. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's got to be a lot of fun. So, uh, on a lighter note, why don't we get into the exploits of our pal Michael Myers? Um, Mikey. Little Mikey. <laughs> where last we left him um, was at the end it of... It didn't matter. Yeah, it didn't really matter. <laughs> it was at the end of Halloween 6. 
he and Dr. Loomis disappeared or had something at the end, but it doesn't matter because it all goes away with this movie. Everything's uh, retconned. Halloween H2O 20 years later, or just H2O, uh, pretty much retcons everything after Halloween two. So uh, we still, we still have the night of October 31st, 1978 and all the events that took place there. Uh, we still have uh, Lloyd Strode as Michael Myers' sister, which is still important. Uh, but like everything else that happened with Jamie, with the Cult of the Thorn, all that just goes away. No Paul Rudd as well. No, yeah, he's gone. Ripped to rip to Tommy. Um, Although Tommy, in theory, still exists somewhere. You know? Yes, like, they all still exist, right? The kids all still there. Well, I mean, because Jamie, Jamie didn't exist in Halloween One, but Tommy did. We we won't know that he grows into Paul Rudd though. That's the I'm very unfortunate. But what we do have with H two O is the return of Laurie Strode, and uh, as played by Jamie Lee Curtis, her yes. first return to the series. This time did not in a car accident. No, she did not, and that will all be explained in a minute. Okay, I'm going to give us thirty minutes for this one. We're going to try to blitz through the plot so we can get to the cool stuff. Ready, steady, go. All right. So in Halloween H2O, it's revealed that Laurie Strode, while she was supposed to die in a car accident, which was something that they kept from the uh, from Halloween 6 and etc. Um, she actually faked her death and went on to become the headmistress of this private school in California. Yes. Um, uh, so she's completely across the country, and uh, on Halloween night, 20 years later, 1998, she gets uh, tracked down by Michael Myers, and uh, he attacks her, other students at the school, and her son, who's now high school age. Oh, how- Josh Hartnett. Jo- yeah, that's played by Josh Hartnett, in an early role for him. Um so yeah, that, that's that's the basic premise. The first scene that I really want to talk about is um, that scene where um, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it, which is great. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, <laughs> it literally high school age, so. <laughs> JGL, um, where he's playing like the skate punk or something, and he and his friend they they try to help this uh, this old lady who's revealed to be Michael Myers's nurse like because she thinks somebody broke into her house they go in and have a look uh don't see anybody but then it turns out yeah it was Michael Myers and he was there to uh find Dr. Loomis's notes on Laurie Strode and presumably finds out how to get in touch with her through that although I don't know why Dr. Loomis would have that information yeah it doesn't make any sense that Information sitting around in Loomis's former office that like said where went like that d- information is not just sitting in a therapist's office. <laughs> yeah, I think that would like be like I don't even know why she would have like entrusted him with that information if she was like faking her death. She probably wouldn't want anybody to know where she was going. Yeah, it's like but, two people in the world know or something. Okay, like that. there there has to be some way for Michael to track her down. I guess so that that plausibly makes sense um what i like about 
this early scene is um, so when the nurse uh, goes back into her house and then like sees Michael like out the window or something, sees that he's talking down. She goes back over to try to talk to the teens uh, and they've been killed. <laughs> the like, teens trademark. The teens, TM. They have been like brutally murdered by Michael Myers, including Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like has a, a ice skate, ice like skate stabbed into his neck through his face or whatever. Right? Is it, is it that? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like splitting his face apart. Yeah. Um, and they're watching Plan Nine from Outer Space. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which is a great inclusion. It uh, is. Love the shout out there for uh, Ed Wood Jr. Yes. Um, <laughs> I really do love I love this scene because first of all it's like actually kind of creepy but also um because it's all just like the nurse like tries to get away and you know it, everything about this and it's I'm not the first to say it but everything about this scene and like this a lot of this movie like screams scream to me like and this like scene where she's like dying in the window Michael is like murdering her and the cops are just standing one house over yeah, and, like they can't see, and you just have like the flashing lights. It's all she called the cops from her house, and then she went over to their house. Yes, uh, and then so she's getting murdered in the teen's house while the cops are over at the other house. And it reminded me of that scene from Trick or Treat where, uh, what's his face, the old guy is getting attacked by uh, uh, Sam. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like yelling at his neighbor. He's just like, "Wow, well, what's going on over there?" <laughs> so that makes sense. There's, but there's a lot of this that happens in like the the Scream franchise, and I've thought a lot about this specifically. And maybe someday we'll cover one of the Scream movies, so I can talk about it at length here. The Scream franchise loves to include a scene where like somebody dies on one side of a two way mirror, or goes through a mirror, or something, or somebody has to like watch. Like, there's a scene in Scream Two where she watches like is being like attacked by Ghostface and she can just see but can't he can't hear her screaming to like warn him and so like it's just like very reminiscent to me and I think it's really interesting that this movie which already was indebted to screaming for a lot of its like tone and like even just like the setting kind of like the, the aesthetics um are very scream and like that it it picked up on like this idea of like through screen murder uh and like not mm-hmm. like you were so close to being rescued but like just can't get there um which is interesting and I really enjoy. So I do really like the opening in this movie. Yeah. Also the opening credits in this are also very good. Uh, They start right as the cops are like investigating the scene of the murder and uh, like looking at the ransacked office that had Dr. Loomis's files in it. And um there's sort of like the classic conspiracy theorist uh, corkboard type thing up on the wall there. Yeah. And uh, as the cops are talking about it, it sort of like pans over to it. And then like there's a credit sequence made out of like zooming in on different photos and stuff and like phrases from um, from newspapers. And there's also Dr. Loomis's voice saying things that we've heard him say before. Like I looked into his eyes and saw nothing there, nothing at all. And uh, I spent uh, 10 years trying to reach him and then another 10 trying to make sure that no one could ever let him out. Um, But I think it's actually not Donald Pleasant saying those lines. Like it's somebody else they got just to do that voice, which is interesting. But why? Because like, doesn't he like say those things? Yeah, (laughs) that's what I found in those changes. Like 
he literally says those lines in the movie. They could have just yeah. clipped that out. Like archival. But, <laughs> uh, I don't know. But they got someone to do it. And it was pretty good. It's a it's a pretty good approximation of how he sounded. Um, and it's just a cool sequence all around. It's got the classic theme. And it's got like spooky imagery. It's much better than what we've seen in the last few uh, opening sequences, which yeah. left a lot to be desired. They sure did. From there, it just goes across the country to California, right? Basically. Um, yeah. From the opening. Yeah. And we're shown uh, Lori, who is uh, like living in constant terror of Michael Myers, basically, even though it's yes. 20 years later. She's like become an alcoholic. She's like, like seeing Michael Myers alcoholic. everywhere. I, I, we see her drink like once in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody's like, well, Laurie. And it's like, is she though? Like all she did was drink two wines at lunch. Like, Well, she sort of implies that she's had trouble with it because she mentions like doing 12 steps and stuff like that. She does, uh, yeah. She keeps like a full bottle of vodka in her freezer and like drinks a whole glass of it uh, like in a, in a key scene in the movie. So I don't know. She's not doing well, I think we can definitely say. She, uh, she gets introduced through like a nightmare that she's having and then she wakes up from it. It's a nightmare about Michael Myers. So clearly she, she's very afraid of Michael and she's very afraid of the day of Halloween in particular, because she knows that that's like the day that he'll come back if he does come back. I mean, it's, it's not an irrational fear. So uh, she's living with her son um, who is Josh Hartnett Um <laughs> With a very bad haircut that looks like he did it himself in quarantine. Well, um, <laughs> she doesn't knows. let him do a whole lot. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you, you get the sense that she's like being an overprotective mother because like she's afraid of Michael Myers and all that. Uh, he's trying to get get her to let him go on this trip to uh, Yosemite with like all the rest of the school. But uh, she doesn't want to let him go. And so instead, he starts planning this uh, like little get together with some of his friends, and they're all gonna skip out on the trip, and then they're gonna like hang out after hours at the school, which like I don't know, that doesn't sound like the most fun thing to do. They like play it up like it's gonna be a party. It's like you're just gonna hang out in your school after hours. So it seems like they have everything they need at the school. Like they have like a kitchen, they have like a den area. It's like really weird that the school is like as this like, oh, you can just like have a little house here. Um, it makes yeah. no sense. <laughs> no, they're, they're they're like hanging out in some sort of like, I don't know, mess hall or something, some sort of cafeteria. Um, but it's a very strangely shaped one because there's like tables all around, but it's very narrow. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Very narrow. <laughs> this this was like the thing that they, the place that they had, I guess. So it's Josh Hartnett, um, his girlfriend, who is played by Michelle Williams, <laughs> which was, <laughs> I did not recognize Michelle Williams at first in this movie. That's totally fair. <laughs> she had a very different look. She had like the, the painted on eyebrows, everything, <laughs> which, yeah, I was not expecting. Uh, but yes, Michelle Williams is in this movie as well as Josh Hartnett. Um, and then Josh play... Hartnett's best friend is the original is like young Alan Parrish from Jumanji. Um... <laughs> he is. Oh my God. <laughs> I, now that I, now that you mentioned it, I'm like, yes, I can see it. Um, yeah. So jo Josh Hartnett is John. Michelle Williams is Molly. 
Uh, Jumanji kid is Charlie. And then his girlfriend is Sarah. Uh, and they're the ones who are going to stay after hours. Charlie is like weirdly into sex in this movie. Like he talks about it all the time. There's all- like does that like that one male character in movies yeah that's like you know <laughs> he's like finch from american pie or something yeah he's just like playing like he's like some sort of metropolitan uh ladies man where it's like what you were like 15 years old what are you talking about yeah. um you're also like in a private <laughs> yeah and he's doing it like in front of his girlfriend too it's like okay like Maybe like don't act like you're such a player when you're okay, whatever. So there is a a classroom scene where they discuss fate at this school as well, which I thought was really good. Um, Michelle Williams is prominent in this scene and it definitely harkens back to that scene from Halloween one where they have a similar discussion of fate. Um, This time, what was the, what were they discussing in this one? Isn't this the dine? They're talking oh, yeah. about, they're, they're talking talking about, about Frankenstein. Yeah. Frankenstein. <laughs> I forget. Frankenstein. Somebody says it out. It's like, all right. I think it might be. What about Frankenstein? Yes. Yeah. So th- the discussion of fate is here, and Lori is the one teaching the class. So clearly, she's thinking along those lines from uh, the lecture that she attended in 1978. I think she kind of uh, gets told by Michelle Williams. Well, yeah, because uh, she's because uh, Michelle Williams is like kind of passing notes with John, and so she thinks that she's not paying attention. But Michelle Williams is on her game; she knows everything about Frankenstein, apparently, and she <laughs> she has explanations for the questions that Laurie asks her. I think she says something about like how Frankenstein, Frank Frankenstein, the monster <laughs> represents how like. Like she's like she says something about how like fate always catches up with Dr. Frankenstein, like, and that's what the monster is. Like, even when he try when he tries to run away, the monster keeps coming. Which is of course yeah. the ending of Frankenstein. And um, I just think it's very funny because Lori's just like, oh <laughs> like she's like, Don't say that. Like <laughs> she also says like that only when uh Dr. Frankenstein has nothing left to lose because everyone's been taken from him that he's willing to actually take action. Yeah, which is which happens. <laughs> yeah, also very relevant. Um, also, during this, Michelle Williams might see Michael Myers standing outside of the school. You know, classic Halloween trick where it's like somebody looks, they look away, they look back, and it's not Michael. Um, yeah, yeah, that happens a number of times in this movie, and also specifically, Lori uh, several times has like visions of Michael Myers that are clearly like a form of PTSD. Like she'll like see him and then like blink and he's gone, which is like a different kind of appearance as the one we've seen before where it's like, it's clear that he was never there to begin with. It's just in her mind. And then that's, um, that's like, uh, capitalized on later when he actually does show up and she's blinking like again and again, and he's still there. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Like her like visions are, kind of weird like (laughs) like it's like she keeps thinking she sees michael in like the most random places she'll be like in a cafe and in um like the middle of this like small town that looks like it's the town from um halloween three and she thinks that she sees michael and it's like 
okay, I get it. But like also Michael's never ever just shown up in like a like a weird like public space like this. Like, you're probably fine. Yeah. It would be very surprising to find him just like in the middle of downtown. Yeah. But he usually he usually likes to stalk the suburbs because he can sort of blend in a little better. But there is that that great scene when they're like in downtown, which serves a double purpose of uh having her catch Josh Hartnett out on the town when he was supposed to be at school. And then also showing her being like really freaked out over when she thinks she sees Michael Myers and then like gulping down two glasses of wine. This is a good moment. I really mm. like down of the wine. <laughs> she like, she calls the waiter over and she, she's like, can I get a glass of wine please? And then he looks over and she's got a full glass right there. And she's like, come on. And she starts chugging down the wine. She does. <laughs> It's like, damn, okay. Uh, so she's doing great, clearly. Um, also, the security guard in this movie, the security guard at the school is played by LL Cool J. That um, is true. <laughs> for some reason. He's the one who Josh Hartnett convinced to let him out to uh, get to go. Like, I think they were going to buy booze or something for this party they were happen- having. It was yeah. like really dumb that he snuck out. Like it was. Like, it was definitely. Reason to, yeah, I can't remember why. It had to be condoms or something. Um, yeah. Ronnie, the security guard who lets them out, is also a in a spectrum of like titillating thriller. Who's <laughs> narrating them to dinner over the phone? Like these erotic thriller things. Like yeah. he's reading these very like descriptive love scenes. I'm like what? Why is this in the movie? Okay, <laughs> I guess that's like his thing. He's on the scene. We've got those four kids on the scene, and Lori and her boyfriend, who we see like several times throughout the movie, trying to convince her to just like chill out about Michael Myers, but uh, to very little success. Pretty much all the other kids in the school leave on this trip. And Lori thinks that uh, John has left on the trip, too, because she gives him permission at the last minute. Um, But he instead, of course, sneaks off to join his friends and uh, party in the school late at night. Because that sounds like a lot of fun, right? Sounds like the most fun I've ever had. (laughs) Well, also, I forgot there's there's a point where somebody's watching Scream in this movie. Yes. Yes, there is. The movie knows. <laughs> <laughs> the movie is, is shouting out its uh, more uh, modern compatriot here. Yes. Of course, Michael Myers, like, stalks these kids down and Laurie. There's a pretty cool scene with the dumbwaiter where, uh, yeah. like, he they're using the dumbwaiter to get around and then he kills Charlie and leaves his body in the dumbwaiter. And then, uh, Molly finds his body and, and she has to get in the dumbwaiter to hide from Michael Myers. And she's like in the body with the, uh, she's in the dumbwaiter with the dead body. Uh, young Alan Parrish. Um, yes. <laughs> A little Alan <laughs> Parrish. Very freaky scene. Lots of blood. A whole lot of blood. Um, falls and like her leg gets like stuck in it. So like, oh yeah, it's broken obviously because the dumbwaiter. 
um I, that was like really upsetting <laughs> yeah her leg gets like horribly mangled and she's like crawling across the floor with it broken and then michael kills her on the floor brutal and they okay. they they get they get it <laughs> they yeah they get they get got they um, get got. <laughs> yeah everyone gets killed except for john and his girlfriend and uh lori uh they managed to like meet up with Lori and like, she's like, I thought you were, you were supposed to go on the trip, whatever. But, but she like, she, she already knew that he hadn't gone. Cause she found his, uh, like all his camping supplies at, uh, at home. And, um, so she's trying to get them out of the school, trying to like, and then she's going to face off with Michael Myers one-on-one Michael at some point Michael kills a boyfriend here, right? Is that is that what's his face? Um <laughs> yes, it's like her like coworker at the, the fucking yeah. school. And he like, you know, he also didn't know she was Lori until this night. Let's all be clear. On right. That. That's like right, yeah, cuz she changed her name and everything. She reveals that to him while they're like making out at her house. And he's like, you're kidding, right? Like, because he, he knows the story of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. She's like, no, seriously. Like, I'm Laurie Strode. He's going to get me. Yeah, he's going to get me. <laughs> um, yeah. Can't leave him. Anyway. There's so much like, goes distant for You find him, really? Um, but, um, okay. So, like, yeah, so he dies when they go back to the school. And I can't really remember why Lori decides to go back to the school. I guess it's because she knows that her son didn't go on the trip. But I don't know why she knows that he's at the school. Like that, I can't really process how she gets, I can't remember how she gets yeah, to that. Yeah, I think she must just like assume that that's where the other place that he would hang out. She goes and they, they go to and there's like this actually really good scene where like um what's his face? John has been injured and like and like it's Michelle Williams. Um they're like on the other side of this gate and she Williams' this character Molly, has to get into the school, but she dropped him through the gate and can't and can't get in. She's like locked the gate and they're in this space like between the gate and the door to the school. But, like, it doesn't matter if she's locked the gate because the keys are outside of the gate somehow when she dropped them. I don't know really how she, like, <laughs> physics. I don't know how she managed that, but she did. She, like, ran towards the door and, like, accidentally flung them through the gate. Yeah, it's really <laughs> dumb. But, like, it's a very tense scene. Like, he's, like, it's, like, actually very effective. Like, every time I watch it, I'm, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is she going to die? But, like, of course, she's not. They die. Here. But important. Yeah, she's, like, holding the gate closed. She's He's, like, trying to stab her through the gate. Yeah. But. Lori and her boyfriend turn out to be inside and so they they all go inside and they're just like running through the school and and forget who it is like Lori it's, the- it's my brother and like it's just like <laughs> all right we're so fucking dramatic here um like she but it's very good and that's when they like hide the teens just like a random closet i don't really okay. know why they're in this closet and so they put them in the closet and then Lori and Will are just standing there, like discussing what they should do. And somehow, in this process, Michael sneaks up behind Will. Lori gets one second to be like, "Watch out!" And then he just kills Will. Well, 
Well, it's because it's because first of all, for, before that happens, Will shoots Ronnie because oh, he sees like a shadowy figure coming down the hall, and he shoots him and presumably kills the security guard right there. So I'm like, oh god, there's another accidental killing in one of these movies. <laughs> At this point, it's become like a trope. Whereas, like, every one of these movies, someone has to die by accident because they are mistaken for Michael Myers. So, and then Will's going to check on Ronnie, and then Michael actually shows up and kills him. Yes. It's a really good time. It's, like, a lot of fun. (laughs) The best part of this movie is definitely, like, Lori getting chased by Michael through the school uh, all by herself. She's like running under the tables. She's like dodging around desks and stuff. There's okay. a lot of really cool set pieces here. Yeah, the table part is cool. I also like Michael's new thing where like she's walking through the hall and Michael just like happens to have been in the rafters and like one arms himself down from the rafters. <laughs> yes. It's like the funny, like it's both hilarious and awesome. It's he like, does this Michael, in the next movie too. Yeah. It's like, they knew that it was like a really ridiculous, but good moment in, in <laughs> H2O. And so they're like, we have to fucking bring it back. Um, But it's like ridiculous. Cause it's like, like on so many levels, it's like, well, Michael like probably hasn't been doing pushups. So probably he's not doing that very easily (laughs) also like what this like since when does michael like climb into the roof like (laughs) when has he ever done that he's like coming down like a cat uh, this is not the lumbering michael myers that we know yeah it's like Uh, watching a batman movie but like it's really it's very effective at the same time and so it's good. I like it a lot, but it's just like very funny. And then he like goes flipping the tables over. He's just like manhandling the tables. Yeah. Just like throwing them up in the air and flipping them. And I'm like, Michael, Jesus Christ. He's like mad in this scene. This is like the angriest I've ever seen Michael Myers. I'm just flipping tables. <laughs> <laughs> flipping tables over. It's kind of like Jesus in the temple. So, uh, so Lori gets the kids to go off in the car um and then she and she like grabs this fire axe and she's going after him i think that might happen before like the whole table scene but it's a really great moment uh drink we're 30 minutes so um eventually laurie manages to get the best of michael like pushing him off this balcony and she's going to stab him, but then the security guard shows up again because he's actually alive and like convinces her to stop. And I'm just like, "What are you doing, man?" I also Don't like how the movie her way. makes no effort to explain like how the fuck did he survive? Like, yeah, no, none. he got shot like s- several times. The guy will empties the clip on him. He, he essentially shot him six times, as it were. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, which at first I'm like, you're wasting all the bullets. Like you're going to need him again later. And then I'm like, oh, well you definitely killed that guy. But no, apparently he survived being shot all those times and showed up just in time to stop her from killing Michael Myers. Yeah. Who hasn't been shot six times. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I also don't understand why he like, her. like he's like, oh, dead. he's dead. It's like, well, you don't know that. <laughs> and also, like, 
does it matter? He's like a mass murderer. If he gets stabbed one more time, does it hurt anything? Like, do, I mean, yeah. what's the problem? Like, <laughs> I don't think I don't think the cops are going to be too upset and like about that extra stab wound. Like, <laughs> he's got a history of coming back. You want to make sure he's no longer a threat, right? Point. He doesn't really have the same history of coming back. He's only come back like once. <laughs> yeah. Well, so he's still been shot and set on fire and came back somehow. True. Yeah. But in this one, we're not really given much of an explanation for how much. Is there another prisoner transfer scene at the beginning of this movie? I didn't know. Like no, no, no. It opens. He's been at missing. With, yeah. Sen- oh, he's been missing in sense that uh, the events of Halloween two, I right. guess. Rather than having gone to prison like he did in Halloween 4. Yeah. Uh, oh, drink again. Hmm. But it, at the very least, he's he's survived being shot six times, f- thrown out of a window, uh, being set on fire and blown up. Uh, he He's something to be worried about. Absolutely something to be worried about. You are correct about that. <laughs> so, and Lori knows that. Like, the, so they're loading him into the body bag. They put him into the coroner's van. And then Lori just runs up and steals the coroner's van. Yeah, this is a really good, like, Lori. This final, like, this final scene here is so badass. So she's driving away. And, like, she's like, keeps looking back in the back seat. Drink again. Uh, keeps looking in the back of the car to see Michael Myers is moving. And he's like, she's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then she sees us starting to move. And like, okay, all right, here it is. <laughs> and she like keeps driving. I'm like, wouldn't you just want to, I don't know, stop and like take care of him here. But anyway, she like, she waits until he's like popping out of the bag, trying to kill her. And then she crashes the van like gets it rolling over and Michael gets like pinned between the van and a tree or something. And, um, then she like, he's like reaching out for her and she starts to reach out for him. And then she just chops his head off with the ax. <laughs> it's awesome. She really does just like chop his head off and you see his head roll across the ground. And it's like, thank God. It's a very <laughs> triumphant moment, drink. Because all the times we've seen Michael die up till now, there's always been like, well, like maybe he got away from that one. But this one, like he's fully decapitated. There's no way he's alive. This man is dead. And Lori finally overcame him. And she looks like so triumphant in this scene. She's like so like exhausted and worn out, but just so glad to finally beaten michael myers it's really intense really badass and awesome i like this moment in the scene where like he reaches out like you said and she also reaches out like she's gonna also like take his hand and they zoom in on the hands and it's like the creation of man <laughs> <laughs> like it's like, just like a, oh. like a drink again yeah so i what? interesting with the fact that they're brother and sister it just doesn't quite go there none of these movies have really made use of that fact but it almost goes there almost yeah yeah it, you almost get like the sense that there's like a bit of feeling there um that like she's gonna have mercy on him because they're family 
Which but would then, be a mistake. So yes. <laughs> but then she's like, nah. It's like, yes, finally. So, like, this would be a great place for the franchise to end, I think. At we least had, in its current incarnation. Yes, yes. We had Lori come back. We had her finally defeat Michael Myers in a really intense and crazy scene. Um, we had, like, you know, a last hurrah for uh, the original character. And we had a movie that, you know, sort of, I feel like more so than the last few installments really followed in the steps of the original movie. So right. this seemed like a good way to wrap it up. And it was the 20th anniversary. So mm-hmm. it would have been a perfect little bookend here. However, <laughs> we have one more movie in the, in this, um, I guess continuity. It's hard to say that this is like a continuity because there are retcons in here and because like a lot of things don't really fit together, but this is definitely its own like set of films. Whereas the Rob zombie films and the new movies that they just started are their own thing separate from this because they all remake the original. Well, the, the new one does remake, but yeah. Oh, right, right, right. But it doesn't remake the original, but it starts off right after uh, it only, it only includes Halloween one in its uh, continuity. Right. And um, it's also called Halloween for some reason, which is still bothers me, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, this would be a lovely place to end this like continuity. Unfortunately they don't do that. And so we have to sit through Halloween resurrection, all, uh, you know, whatever 90 minutes of it. God, exactly 90 minutes. Even Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Um, they had it they had it down to the wire there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk Halloween resurrection. Opening another drink just for that is right. Um, <laughs> um I, yeah, well, I'm just going to pour myself another glass of white wine because I'm channeling Laurie Strode tonight. Um, <laughs> well, maybe pour yourself two if you really want to cha- channel Well, when I say I'm pouring myself another one, there was already wine in my glass. So I'm just like... <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you're truly living the life then. Yeah. Um, listen, I hate I hate Halloween Resurrection. I hate the opening. Um, we'll talk about length. And I just hate so much about what this movie chooses to be. So yeah. let's do so it. So I... Yeah, so I did hate the opening to this movie, but like the rest of it, I was kind of like, ah, it's kind of fun. You know, it doesn't really fit in well with the Halloween franchise. Um, it's like a if if you thought of it as like its own thing and cut out like the beginning and just like did away with all the Michael Myers mythos part of it, I think it would be like kind of a fun, goofy 90s slasher. Although this came out in 2002, so it already feels a little dated <laughs> when it came out. Um, so yeah, Halloween Resurrection. Um, the basic plot is that their evil <laughs> finds its way home. That's oh, yes. the basic plot. <laughs> well, that's always the basic plot, isn't it? Um, but the basic plot is that they're trying to film a reality show in the old Michael Myers house. And they get a whole bunch of people there all with cameras on them. And they're supposed to have like a spooky night. But of course, Michael Myers shows up and starts killing. It's like, yeah, yeah. you know what? 
the whole reality there's a reality show angle tyra banks is involved in that and <laughs> buster rhymes is in here um there it, it's just like ryan merriman is there and it's like shouldn't you be like then swimming in the ocean or something like that um <laughs> is that what he, he does well, he was in those Disney Channel original movies, and for some reason I've decided he was in the 13th year, even though I'm really certain. He was definitely in The Luck of the Oh, he was that guy. He was apparently also in The Ring 2 and Final Destination 3. So, I mean, he's got some horror bona fides here. Because The Ring hasn't even come out yet, so he had not been in The Ring 2 yet. <laughs> Final Destination 3 was 2006. So, um, uh, but this is where he started his whole horror spat. Yeah. This was like, he was like, I've got to get out of the Disney rut by doing Halloween resurrection. Um, (laughs) this will save my career. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, I mean, I actually really like Ryan Merriman. Um, and I kind of like him in this, even though they don't do anything with his character. Um, but you know, it's just like a weird, it's like a very funny and it feels like it's, it almost feels like it's a pointed choice. You know what I mean? Like the casting is almost smart because I love when movies make a statement with casting. That's like one of my favorite things is when they cast characters that are like, like Tyra is a very funny character or <laughs> actress to cast in the role of like this person helping with this like really trashy reality show. It is very funny that they picked Tyra Banks to be that person. But yeah. Ryan Merriman, they just didn't do anything with it. Whereas Tyra Banks' character, even though I think she came for and they're all in the first part of the movie and then she never shows up again um, except yeah. for when she's dead. Um, I think that there, it's actually very funny the way they use her. So, like, um, but yeah, they don't do that with Ryan Merriman. Where they could have. They could have used that, like, goody two-shoes Disney Channel, like, persona to good effect here. And they were just like, eh. Make him talk to some girl via Palm Pilot, which also it's a fucking Palm Pilot, which is awesome. It's so 2002. Yeah. Um, There's a Palm but, Pilot in here. There's lots of like 2000s era internet in this movie. So if you want a lot of like vintage technology, this is a great movie for it. I also, uh, let's just, I want to talk about actually, I want to go back to this because Ryan Merriman's characters. The name on the internet is Deckard. It's fucking Deckard. (laughs) Hey, we've all seen Blade Runner, douchebag. Like, (laughs) calm down. (laughs) It does seem odd as like your internet persona where everybody else would be like something 69. (laughs) Haha. Um, but his name is just Deckard. Like, it doesn't seem like wanted to be. A screen 2002, name. it would have been if this movie really wanted to be 2002, it would have had 69 or at least like a capital X, lowercase x, capital X, lowercase x. <laughs> um, like Dexter Deckard XOXO 69 420. There you go. That's like the ultimate <laughs> edgelord aim username. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They do mention Yahoo chat rooms in this, <laughs> they do. Chat rooms are big. Um, Listen, I get that. Like, those were, like, actually relevant for, like, five years. And this is in those five years where those were, like, real. So, um, yeah. or at least, like, right afterwards. 2002 might have been, like, a little late. But they had been relevant up till that point. So, it's fine. Um, but, like, it is just, like, very funny. It's very funny that they, it's, like, these two characters that, like, met via a chat room. 
and like they're like they're like sort of the romantic pairing of the movie which is like very funny also yeah considering they like don't even meet till the end of the movie we uh we we saw you've got mail and we've decided planted in this horror movie um <laughs> great so it's just like very very Halloween party and he and his friend are like do you think anyone's gonna know that we're pulp and it's like yeah it's 2002 Every, like everybody fucking knows pulp fiction in 2002 like calm yeah down. I am very <laughs> glad I am very glad that while the friend was dressed as Jules he did not use blackface I was very afraid for a moment there when I realized <laughs> yeah. who they were supposed to be but no it was fine it yeah. was all good uh, 2002 that's like a real concern so <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. So, anyway, let let's cover the beginning of this movie first, which is practically a separate movie from the end. Um, the beginning. So, well, first of all, the opening credits very straightforward in this. Just names on the screen with the score playing over black screen. Yeah. Um, but the one good thing I have to say about this is that the score was really good. Like this was a really nice rearrangement of the original Halloween theme that had like full orchestral swells in it and like some light horror sound effects in the background sounded really good uh, on big speakers, (laughs) which was nice. Um, (laughs) It had the full Dolby mix and everything by this time. Um, Yeah, it sounded really good. I like that part. Uh, Not so crazy about the fact that they just put names on the screen, but you know, at this point, I've learned to not expect as much from the opening sequences. Yeah. It's a damn shame. The beginning section of this basically reveals that Laurie Strode is now in an insane asylum. Uh, it's now 2001. And um, while, like, these nurses are chatting in the hallway, they give, like, the most exposition-heavy conversation ever where they real reveal that that wasn't actually Michael Myers that she killed, that it was like a paramedic where Michael had crushed his windpipe and then put him in the body bag and put him in the Michael Myers outfit. So while he snuck off in the paramedics uh, uniform, the paramedic was in the bag and then Lori decapitated him thinking it was Michael, but actually it was just this poor paramedic. Um, which I, like, is just real hate this. I, it's real so fucking. bad. It <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever. Cause first of all, not Michael's MO at all. No, like, he, he never really tries to evade capture by disguising himself as someone else. He'll just like kill his way out if he has to. But uh, also like the Michael Myers that we saw in that last scene was very clearly attacking Laurie Strode. which like there's no reason the paramedic would have done that. It's like, they're gaslighting us being like, Oh, you never saw him attackers. Like, no, it happened in the movie. Uh, We all just watched that. So, and then like on top of that, it also makes Lori into a killer. Like she killed this poor defenseless paramedic instead of Michael Myers. And now she's like up in an insane asylum. It's horrible. It's very unfair to Lori. It, it's also like it's unnecessary. Like they could have just like not 
this there's no real thematic or plot related element that this opening serves the fact that he kills laurie here i mean we haven't gotten to that but spoiler yeah. alert um it does it does nothing for the rest of the movie like yeah. it, it might as well just be airlifted out and the rest of the movie would be the exact same so it's like why like you could have just left laurie alone and left her out of this yeah you know? or even kill her off screen as they've done before I would have um, rather they'd done that. Maybe Lori, seem... she must have signed on to two movies, and like so they had to include her in some way. But there was a better way. Then they decided Let's... they didn't want her. I, I I don't know, but yeah, it does it does feel like kind of insulting to Jamie Lee Curtis to like have her come back just to get killed in like the first five minutes of the movie, and she's like she's billed as being in this movie. She's barely in this movie. Uh, yeah, it's, look at the poster. She's the biggest face on it. Like I kept like expecting her to show up in the finale as like, oh, she didn't actually die from that fall or whatever. But no, like she that was it. <laughs> she was just in it for the first five minutes. It was it's pretty ridiculous. Anyway, what happens is like she's in this insane asylum. Michael shows up on Halloween night, two thousand one. Uh, goes to kill her in her bed, but she's like tricked him by stuffing her bed sheets and like she whacks him and runs off, gets him to come up to the roof. And then she has this thing rigged up that like puts a rope around his ankle and dangles him over the edge. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> I don't know clever. where it's clever, but I don't really know how she fucking found time to do all that. Yeah. yeah. Well, they said that they found her up on the roof a lot of times. So maybe that's yeah. what she was doing up there. Uh, it's kind of uh, foreshadowing in a way to w- what they decided to do with Halloween 2018, where she's like this uh, like jigsaw level device obsessed uh, survivalist. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, she has this thing rigged up. But then, uh, and Michael's like dangling defenseless from this this rope thing. But then she has to like check one last time before she stabs him with the knife. She goes to pull down his mask and then he like gets a hold of the knife and stabs her and throws her off the edge and yeah. she dies. So it's like really dumb for like a number of reasons. One of which is that like he's trying to remove his mask and we see a flashback to like how she killed the wrong guy. And we're supposed to understand that she's like, oh, what if it's the wrong guy? Even if it is, let's just bracket for a moment that it could be. He, like, definitely just attacked you. Like, literally <laughs> just saw it happen. He so, had like, a it, knife. He was trying to kill you. He's a murderer. It's totally fine if you still kill him anyway. Like, this is self-defense <laughs> no matter what, uh, Lori. And second of all, he's trying to take off his mask, and you have done nothing to prevent that. So just let him do it himself. Like, let him take off his mask and then move on. Like, it's, like, not a big deal. Um, <laughs> like, And I don't believe for a second that Laurie would be like, yes, I must get closer to him and remove this mask myself. Like, she's smarter than that. We saw her be smarter than that in the last installment where she didn't reach for him and she just chopped his head off. Um, we saw her be smarter than that in this installment when she stuffed her bed and jerry-rigged this yeah, contraption on the roof. That's true. It's frustrating. It's it's very frustrating. It's it's a disappointing end for a much loved character, yeah. um, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> we move on. So like that's all that takes place in two thousand one in this movie. The then it cuts to two thousand two Halloween, 
and it's just all these college kids now. Um, yeah, there's some good stuff with those college kids. Though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a bunch of there's a bunch of wacky college kids. They sign up to be a part of this um, this reality t- internet TV thing called Den- Dangertainment. Um, fucking love the name (laughs) that's going to be like broadcasting live on Halloween night over the internet. And it's just going to be like a bunch of, uh, college kids running around the old Myers house, uh, and presumably finding out the secret of what makes Michael Myers tick or something like that. Um, or just like (laughs) creating some really good content, I guess is the real motive. They 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 talk many times about how they're going to make a lot of money off of this. But I, it's unclear like how they plan on doing this since they're like just broadcasting it for free over the internet. But I don't know. Ads. It's all about ads. Yeah. It's all about that ad space in 2002. They probably had so many banners on the side there. It's just like AOL was like advertising on the side and like, <laughs> yeah, that was and like Nickelodeon. It was like, go to Nickelodeon.com and play SpongeBob flipping Krabby Patties. Um, go check out the Space Jam website. It's still there. <laughs> go, uh, go to those pages where you just click on a little space and color. It's like the coloring book pages and you just click to fill in the colors. Um, <laughs> also, it's great internet ads. Uh, vin- vintage references here. Um, you know, meet horny singles. <laughs> the main character who's obviously being set up as like a final girl here is Sarah. And she's and like the fucking worst. God. <laughs> she, <is. laughs> like, she just doesn't have a lot to her. Okay. Um, my favorite Sarah moment is when they're like getting in their clothes for the, the, the fucking show. And we're jumping ahead a little bit, but she's like comes out and she's in a tank top that reveals zero cleavage. And she's like, I don't know. You don't think this is too revealing. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, Sarah. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> like all your, your friend is like being like as revealing as possible here. And she's like, I'm going to be famous. She's like flashing the camera at one point. <laughs> and then you're like, just wearing a normal shirt. Like, I don't know. This is too much the worst like i cannot think of a worse person to watch on reality tv (laughs) so yeah but anyway she has this like online friend that has been like she's been talking to who's like uh, another college age guy who's like trying to uh get with her he's pretending to be a grad student which like i don't really know why because it's like they're both the same age. I guess he thinks like it makes him seem cooler if he's a grad student, Dude. but it's not like it's not like he's like 14 and too young to be doing this or something. He's like they're both the same age. Like I don't know. His part of the story is just that he's communicating with her over the Palm Pilot <laughs> throughout <laughs> this movie, which is just it's the fucking best. He's just there's so much Palm Pilot in this movie. <laughs> Uh, I'm loving it. Um, and um, and so he goes to a party with his friend uh, and they're dressed as the guys from Pulp Fiction, Vince and Jules. He instantly like goes to a back room 
and turns this internet show thing on and then he's just watching it the whole time so he's like communicating with her in real time and like more people start coming in and like as the events of the film unfold and getting more excited by this uh so they're basically like the audience that is watching this um this reality show film yeah uh yeah, it's it's kind of like the that scene in Halloween three where you see all the kids getting ready to put on their masks and go watch the TV. You're like, you're getting a glimpse of what might be going on across the nation as people are tuning into this internet show. Um, and on the other side of the film, uh, we have Sarah. We have the other people, including the guy, that guy from American Pie is in this uh thomas nicholas uh ride bearman we've got just a bunch of like totally stereotypical college students yeah but they're movie. like okay we say quote-unquote stereotypical but they're like the most extreme examples of every type of college student you could ever <laughs> yes. imagine yes they all have like their own thing and it's very extreme Okay, so my one of my favorite sequences in this movie is when there's like this like intro tape scene where it's like everybody has to get an intro to who they are. So I just love like it's like it's these intro tapes and it's like all of these people are just supposed to express like why they want to be on the show and like who they are and they are the funniest like most <laughs> absurd shit I have ever like there's the like Tyra's like and why do you want to be on Dangertainment and do this and and the one girl's like I want to be a journalist. Ha ha ha. And one guy's and somebody's like, why do you think Michael did it? And uh, what's his name? The guy, um, what's his name is like, oh, well, I think that, you know, if you have a bad diet, you probably go a little wrong. Like, look at Hitler. He was a <laughs> vegetarian. Guy. And it's like, oh, you think Hitler did what he did because he was a vegetarian? Like, I gotta tell you. Like, <laughs> That's a little extreme. I, uh, I don't know. I was, a vegeta- vegeta- <laughs> I was a vegetarian for 10 years and I didn't but like (laughs) um, yeah and that whole scene is like really funny too because there's like this really weird music playing in the background it's like the halloween town theme or something like it's so (laughs) fucking goofy (laughs) it's just like really it's like i guess supposed to underscore the fact that it's a silly scene but it's just so strange and there's a lot of odd music choices in this movie in general like when they're just like playing like sort of smooth hip-hop later when they're setting up the cameras <laughs> well there's like a whole like, elemental way this movie like treats race and race related like and the music is involved in that too and it's it's very questionable let's just be <laughs> like clear on that one indeed indeed but i also love like how like in this scene like everybody gives an answer and they're all like laughable like you're supposed to laugh at all of these different answers you have like the girl who's like really feminist who's like supposed to be like laughably feminist like you know and like she's a, a critical studies major as she yeah. points out at one point what the fuck is critical studies and like <laughs> the guy who's like supposed to be an artist who's like a sensitive artist but he's like not at all like i don't know but so everybody's laughable and then they get to the main girl sarah and they're like and why do you why do you think like nobody knows the answer to that question let's just like be clear that that's like an an answer we don't necessarily have um second of all it gets to her and she's like um 
well, and then immediately like a light blows or something and she has a jump scare. Like <laughs> it's it's really strange. So like the, the light like falls down in front of her and she screams, and then because she screams, a glass explodes. <laughs> and then Buster Rhymes is like, Oh yeah, that's the kind of shit I'm looking for. <laughs> He's just looking for someone who'll scream, I guess. But yeah. it was like it was such a crazy scene that came out of nowhere. I was like, what on earth is happening? And I guess it was meant to be like a jump scare, but it was really weirdly timed in the middle of this funny scene. Um, yeah, yeah, that was odd. And so then you you get to see them like setting up cameras around this house and Michael Myers kills the poor film student who was helping them uh set this stuff up with a like a sharp tripod which i have never seen a tripod like this that has like a central part of it that is sharp as a knife yeah most tripods have like rubber on the bottom (laughs) but are like really dull um because you don't want them to like damage the floor underneath them but i guess you don't want them um, to slide around you want them to be like you know um it's very funny I also love the scene where everybody's getting ready for it. And of course, Michael kills these people and that's, that's bad. But I also really like when everybody's like hooking up their own mics. And this is my favorite bit of dialogue, I think in the movie. And you have the feminist girl and she's the, the mic is like being put on her or whatever. And she's like, uh, cameras are so phallic. And the, the liberal <laughs> arts guy is like, is that good or bad? And she's like, depends who's watching. And it's like, first of all, what (laughs) second of all cameras are so phallic has anyone ever said or thought that ever (laughs) like (laughs) i think it's supposed to be like the male gaze yeah is what she's going for but it's a very odd expression of that (laughs) idea (laughs) like it is so fucking i like rewound and rewatched that like six times last night i was like are you fucking kidding me she's the she's the most hilarious character because she keeps like bringing up like legitimate intellectual points and they just be like haha no what about when she and i quote and i quote when she the art major is like trying to like hook up with her and she's like screwing a music major would be tantamount to lesbianism and, it, uh, <laughs> and he's like well i'd be interested in trying that he's like <laughs> what is going on <laughs> what it is, is so that even fucking be? good it's so so good it Her is so whole... 2002 like <laughs> yeah yeah th- this is a, some very dated humor um her whole thing with that guy is like really weird because she's like like the entire time being like no like why would i want anything to do with you and then she tries to get him to hook up with her in the basement yeah like just completely on a whim just decides to do that <laughs> she's like i'm d- i'm horny now so <laughs> you're here um <laughs> yeah. it's so funny so they're they're digging around this house and they're finding a lot of creepy stuff. Supposedly the house was like abandoned immediately after uh Michael killed his sister there and like the Myers just shut the house up and left with without taking anything with them. 
Um, so like all this stuff is still in this house, which doesn't really jive with what we saw in the other Halloween installments, but I guess that got retconned. So fine, whatever. <laughs> Imagine in this reality, they did that, but they, there's some stuff that's like not really normal here. They find like a, a weird, like semi torture chair, high chair or something. And they find like a bunch of chains in the basement so it's like, oh, like maybe Michael was like a monster child or he was abused by his family or something. And that's what made him do it. Um, but they also find some other weird stuff, too, like the fact that there's fresh fennel in the kitchen. <laughs> I love that it's specifically fennel. Couldn't it have been cinnamon? I mean, I guess it could have been any spice. Fennel is such a funny and specific <laughs> spice. Like, it's and like, it's one of those spices that like, there's so much to unpack because, like, first of all, if you're trying to make it look like the house has been lived in at any point, like, but you want it to look like it was lived in, like, 23 years ago, you don't choose fennel because fennel is a spice that actually is going to stop smelling so strongly after, like, two, like, it's not going to take that long. So, like, you pick, like, fucking nutmeg. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you pick fennel, which is clearly, like, going to, like, go stale quickly. This is, like... Like, imagine you wouldn't pick like basil and put it up there because you're like, no, the basil is going to go from green to brown. Like, and <laughs> everybody, I don't know, it's like here, and I'm annoyed, and I'm annoyed that the chef man has to find it and doesn't even realize that it smells fresh. It's the good girl who's like, oh, that's not oh, yeah, right. You would think that he would be the one to figure that out, but they, they do wonder like what it's doing there. So it seems like. There's there's a suggestion here that a lot of this stuff has been staged by Busta Rhymes and Tyra Banks, who put this whole thing together. And that is pretty much confirmed in uh, the scene that takes place in the basement where uh, like the feminist girl and the artsy guy are like hooking up and they bump into a wall that crumbles and there's like all these skeletons tumbling over them. Yes. It's like this scene out of Poltergeist with like all the fucking skeletons coming out of it. They're like, oh my god, it's a mass grave! And then like they realize that there's like a fake leg from a Halloween store in there. They're like, oh, like, this is this isn't real. Like any of this. And you get the shot back to the control room with Buster Rhymes being like, ah, I told you that would work. And it was like, well, what was the plan here? Like, because it seems like they figured out pretty quickly that this was like all faked so i don't think you're gonna be able to pull anything else over on them after this so the way they figured out that possible way they could also figure out that this thing was fake right like yeah you watch this scene happening and it's the feminine the art um yeah and also this scene is funny because when she's trying to hook up with him he's like kind of weird about it but then like getting into it's like say something smart and her exact <laughs> words are seeds essence yeah that's a real fucking smart girl um <laughs> like, <Brilliant>. <laughs> like <laughs> oh by the way we're over 30 minutes so drink drink um and she um they are having sex against this wall i guess but they're on the floor so it's and they tear open the wall and find the bodies and as they find the bodies and she's screaming and she's like it's all his it's all his victims and she says that like five times and like tyra the- and busta you see are like 
this is just how we planned it. This is so good. And it's like, specifically this. You planned <laughs> two teens having sex in this dusty, musty-ass basement <laughs> so they would uncover a wall of your prop bodies? Like... Drink. Yeah, like, how do they know... How do they know that somebody would have sex against that particular wall? Right! And then, what's even more mysterious about this is that, like, so... The artsy guy like runs upstairs and um, the the feminist girl goes to look in the back of like this hole that's opened up in the wall. And there's another hole to the other side of the wall through there. And she like bursts through it and, and, and it, it takes her to like this sort of sewer type place, some underground catacombs or something. And yeah. there's like... This horrifying little like camp that Michael has set up back there, just like a mattress and like some half-eaten rats. She thinks it's like something fake at first, but then the rats are like alive. Yeah, still, that's like my favorite thing about this is the implication that Michael subsists on eating live rats. That's how Michael Myers gets by. Yeah, are you fucking kidding me? Michael picks up a mouse and eats it. Well, I think that there's actually that that's somewhat implied in the first movie as well. Uh, when they go to look at the house, they're like, he was either eating rats or he was like eating the dog that he killed or something. It's just something yeah. like really disturbing like that. Um, but anyway, like she, so she finds that she's running around terrified and then she gets killed by Michael who like pushes her onto this piece of a, broken gate that's sticking out and meanwhile like people are watching this stuff at home and they're like whoa that was really realistic wow that was crazy yeah but not deckard deckard our true detective is like wow <laughs> that was so that was actually real and like ready to call the police so good for deckard um he was right apparently the police didn't listen and no one cared but he was right um <laughs> Yeah, uh, Deckard is, for some reason, the only one who's, like, picking up on the fact that this is a little too real. Um, but, like, thankfully, because he's the only one who's taken any action here. Anyway, uh, oh, drink again. We're going to run out of time here. But, uh, so, Michael starts killing people all around the house. Um, one of my favorite kills in this movie is when he kills a guy from American Pie by like reaching through a mirror and grabbing him and like killing him. Yeah. He, he just, I don't understand how this happens because it's not like it's like a, a piece of two way glass or something. It's like a mirror that's hanging on the wall, but he like bursts out through it and grabs the guy and just like kills him. I guess right the mirror there. is hanging over a hole. In the yeah, wall. maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like completely absurd. I agree. Um, I like when Michael um, is it is it the the art music major the the music major who he picks up and just like slowly crushes his head. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you see like the blood coming out of his eyes. Yeah, and like we've seen Michael crush people's skulls before. I think in a couple of the installments, but this one is like one of the most graphic. Cause you can see like the, like his eyes popping out a little bit and like the blood coming out and then he just drops him and he's dead. Uh, that was a pretty good kill. 
Yeah, that was pretty good. It's also because like you're kind of like, well, I don't feel bad about this guy getting it. Uh, <laughs> oh, drink again. Oof. Um, this whole house, like whole house segment here, was very reminiscent of Saw Two. It's just like uh, kind of, kind of a house of horrors, a fun house. People keep getting picked off in various ways. Um, I like when he also cut somebody's head off with a butcher knife. Like it's just like a chef's knife, and he's just like, "Here we go," and he just cut some some girl's head com- clean off, and it's like with one go. Like I, I can't even chop onions that clean. <laughs> He also uh, kills the chef by like stabbing two knives in him while he like in pinning him to the door and then jamming a a big knife like all the way through him and through the door. So he's just like hanging off of these knives on the door. So he has a he has a precedent for like stabbing knives he stabs him with. That's like his thing. Um, yeah. but he also those are not uh, the chef had like previously which is like the real kicker there like yeah, yeah he like, turns the knives around on him you like sushi motherfucker and then gets killed <laughs> um which oh. is a really good moment <laughs> your catchphrase did not save you um oh there's a there's a really good part where uh like you think you're seeing michael myers stalking through the house and this this played really good for me because I was like looking at him and I'm like, man, you know, the Michael Myers mask has kind of gotten pretty cheap by this point. Like they're not doing a really good version of it anymore. It's and actually then, better in this movie than in the previous. Yeah, one. because then <laughs> you see behind him, there's another Michael Myers following him. And that one has a much more realistic looking mask. And like, so you realize it's actually a guy dressed as Michael Myers and indeed, it turns out to be uh, Buster Rhymes, who's dressed as Michael Myers to scare people. But then the real Michael is stalking him. And then Buster Rhymes sees him and is like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, I to- told you, I'm the one who's Michael Myers. You go back and take care of that other stuff. Come on. What are you doing here? <laughs> and Michael's just like so surprised that he just walks away. <laughs> There are so, so I do love that moment. I love that Michael just walks away. There are so many moments in this movie where Michael Myers legitimately gets an opportunity to to commit homicide and just doesn't do it and walks away. And it's like, that's like not like Michael would have just killed them here. Like, (laughs) like, (laughs) it's just funnier that he doesn't because he's just like, so put out, you can see like him, like sort of, turning his head and like thinking behind the mask he's like should i kill this guy what i don't, I don't like the idea of michael myers thinking because i don't <laughs> like to think about what he might contemplate like what his thoughts are i don't know i don't like them and i Drink. don't want to think about them <laughs> not at all uh, anyway basically everyone gets killed off except for sarah and she's like trying to run out and she gets grabbed in the dark and it turns out to be Buster arrives. He's got like his hand over his mouth. He's like, everybody is dead. We need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's such a great delivery of that line. It's so good. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Um, he was, I liked him a lot in this movie. Actually, he was really funny. He's the uh, best. He's the best in this movie. Is Buster Rhymes still acting? What is he doing? I don't know. I haven't seen him in anything uh, other than this. <laughs> but, um, oh, drink again. He was very entertaining. 
so there's a whole battle um, when they run into Michael Myers. Like it, Buster Rhymes apparently like knows Kung Fu and he's like fighting him. Uh, but then he gets, uh, well, he, he kicks Michael out of the window and then they like come downstairs and they get a text from Deckard that Michael's still alive and he's coming back into the house. So there's like, there's like a bunch of chasing him around. I don't think um, you can call it a text when it's on a palm. Pie. Oh yes. I think well, it's like an email at that point. I think you're just getting an email <laughs> and you're opening the email. I don't know. It's showing up in big letters on the screen. And Did you they have like, a palm pilot. You don't no. text. I they, had a Palm Pilot. You don't text. You did. They like show. Do they show up sequentially like they do in the movie? Oh no, it's bad. But like that's <laughs> fake. But like, like you you don't text because it Frank. wasn't connected to your phone number. Like, because I had a Palm Pilot long before I ever had a phone. Um, so a Palm Pilot was sort of like like an iPhone, but without the text messaging capability. Like you had like browsers, you know what I mean? Uh, like you could go on the internet. I guess they're instant messaging. Yeah. They're sort so. of like using aim. So, um, or like not G chat. Cause G chat didn't even exist. Like Yahoo. Yahoo. Messaging. Yahoo. Um, or like, what's the, what was the, the Microsoft one? Or is just like MSN messenger. Yeah. They're using MSN messenger probably. <laughs> um we're revealing our ages here okay uh anyway (laughs) they find out that he's still alive um they're running away from him buster rhymes apparently gets killed um by uh michael and sarah runs up onto the roof and uh it's our like fifth roof scene in the halloween yeah (laughs) we had to have a roof scene drink again (laughs) so she's like getting messages from Deckard telling her like, go here, go there. And like, he tells her to finally run away. Uh, when Michael's like, uh, as far away as he can be anyway, they, she ends up in the attic and like the, the floor is just covered in blood. And then Tyra Banks is hanging from the ceiling, which I, we didn't ever actually get to see her get killed. Right? No, that's why I'm saying she, she literally got paid to do like four scenes and did them and then never showed up again. They're like, shit, we need to have a, like a death scene for you. And then they just were like, uh, can we just use a, a mannequin that looks like you? And she was like, yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. so she's just hanging from the ceiling. I, I ostensibly that's Tyra Banks. So Michael and her have like a showdown in the attic there. Michael gets like all tangled up in these electrical wires and then Buster Rhymes shows up again. <laughs> uh, and he, he says, trick or treat, motherfucker. He, yeah, so he, he goes, trick or treat, motherfucker. And then shocks Michael Myers in like, I think it's just like the penis. <laughs> yeah. His dick. Um, it's very interesting. I will say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like the electricity sets, uh, sets this gas from before on fire. Oh, also at one point, Sarah fights Michael Myers with a chainsaw, but then it apparently like runs out of fuel. Um, 
But yeah, so like the the yeah. gas gets ignited, this whole attic blows up, they run away. I actually love the chainsaw scene because my only note from the chainsaw scene, other than the words the chainsaw, is <laughs> that she says the quote for all of them. And which reminds me that as she's like swinging the chainsaw, she's like, this for what's his name? This is for what's his and she's like, this is for all of them. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> just just do it. Don't don't <laughs> pontificate about it. Just get it done. We're looking um, at the worst human. <laughs> and he's not the most annoying person here. So I gotta tell you. <laughs> like <laughs> Michael gets like electrocuted and burned up. They run away. Uh, the end is just sort of like, oh, drink. Mm. The end is just sort of like reporters interviewing Buster Rhymes and him being like, you people, the show is over, okay? Like, there's a real murderer out there. Michael Myers isn't some flashy soundbite, blah, blah, blah. I actually, no, don't say blah, 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 because we need to note that he literally says, Michael Myers isn't a soundbite. Michael Myers is a killer shark in baggy ass overalls. <laughs> he does have some really great lines here. Incredible line. Like he gets all the best lines in this movie for sure. Um and he delivers them very well. Um so Michael gets like carted off to the morgue in a body bag and of course as the uh the mortician is like opening up the bag, he opens his eyes and that's like the big ending here because somehow he's still alive oh what's he gonna do next we'll never know because they rebooted the franchise after this well he does next is just kill more people we can can, at this point we can infer we can safely assume that that's what happens yeah um we actually didn't even get to my favorite my favorite busta quote is actually when he unzips the the body over there michael like some chicken fried motherfucker. <laughs> May he never, ever rest in peace. Yeah. Fucking incredible delivery, Busta. I gotta tell you, that's like, it's prime dialogue. And that's that's where one of the many alternate endings comes into play here. Because uh, I did watch all the alternate endings for this one, of which there were like four on the disc. Sure. Um, and, and one of the endings here... Um, uh, yeah, he opens up the bag and delivers that line. And then Michael Myers opens his eyes like he does in the real ending in the morgue. Uh, and here he like goes to strangle Buster Rhymes and he's like choking him. And then Sarah like takes the fireman's axe and just chops Michael Myers and kills him. And then Buster Rhymes is just like, damn, I knew you were a badass girl or something like that. <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know, further cementing her as the hero heroine here. I don't know. Um, well, the theatrical release didn't cement her as a hero at all. She's like <laughs> useless. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because like it, it, it has Buster Rhymes at some point saying like, "I know there's something special about you. You can do this," but she doesn't really show that there's anything special about her. She just sort of runs the whole time. Also, there's another. Um, the most interesting, I think, of the alternate endings is one where um, when the fire is starting in the um, oh no, when that whole scene takes place in the attic 
and Michael's like tied up in the wires and whatever. Um, instead of being the Buster Rhymes who bursts in, it's Deckard and he saves her and just like sort of pulls her out and then the, everything goes up in flames. So it's like it's very interesting that they shot two endings with like the exact same thing, but a completely different character shows up. That is um, a little weird. <laughs> also, in this one, like the Deckard storyline actually sort of means something because like as it is, like they just they sort of meet up at the end and it's like, oh, you're Deckard. Ah, thanks for helping me. You saved my life. And like, yeah, I guess he sort of did by like guiding her through the stuff. But it didn't really like there's not as much impact that this show was being watched online, except in this alternate version where like one of the people who's watching online actually shows up to save her. Right. I'm not sure whether I like that ending more or not, but it's interesting that it's there. Um, I don't know why they shot so many alternate endings this way. It really a lot about this film seems like they didn't exactly know what they were making. And they just sort of like threw it together at the last minute. That even like name. I'm pretty sure they didn't know what they were making. Um, there's no resurrection in this movie. Nobody yeah. was resurrected. So. So according to Wikipedia, um, Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to end the series here, but the producer Mustafa Akkad had a clause that would not allow the writers to kill off Michael Myers. So like in just weeks before they were going to film this, one of the writers came up with this whole paramedic thing where like Michael Myers wasn't actually in the body bag. And then um, like everybody who was involved in this had to agree to this weird storyline here. And then (laughs) Jamie Lee Curtis agreed to be part of the film under the condition that no footage hinting towards a sequel would be presented by the film. Oh, so like there would be no sequel to this movie? Yeah. Like there was footage that implied there's a sequel because Michael's not dead at the end. Yeah. So... Well, you see him open his eyes. Uh, so... <laughs> Maybe Maybe they obeyed her wishes. Reneged <laughs> on that part of the agreement. I don't know. But it's just so wild that like she was gonna be in this film and she was just like, No, I don't wanna I don't wanna be in any more movies. Oh, I'm I surprised know. she agreed to be in this one. And they like they didn't need to have her in this movie. No, it's the part where he goes to the the asylum and kills Jamie or Lori. They didn't need to have that. Yeah. It was like they they could have resurrect they could have had an actual resurrection you know they right. could have it the the title promised us a resurrection they could have given us some sort of crazy they could have brought the cult of thorn back or something had some mystical ceremony who knows but I don't know they could there's a lot of other ways they could have handled this that would have been better or they they could have just not explained it at all right <laughs> that would have almost been better but and and. It is annoying that like the first whole bit of this movie where so much consequential stuff happens has like no connection to the plot of the rest of the movie at all. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm also reading, sorry, the production in post-production, Bianca Kajik's screams had to be dubbed because of her inability to scream. But inability to scream. 
That's literally the main girl. That's the that's Sarah. <laughs> she couldn't that's... scream. Maybe that's why that whole scene where she screams and the glass blows up seems so weird because they had to look also like and you cast her in role with a girl who can't scream? Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense. Like that's the one thing you have to do, right? That's what a final girl does. A final girl screams and runs around. That's it. Yeah. Uh, it it makes very little sense. Maybe that's why that scene was so weird. But who knows? Anyway, it feels kind of like... It kind of makes sense in a way. Doesn't this whole feel seem kind of cobbled together? You know, like they don't really know what they were doing. Yeah, it's it does. Edited, edited stuff together. They, they, it's part of the reason maybe why they have like four different endings to this thing. Right. Um, and as the last film before, like the franchise gets rebooted, it makes sense that it would feel this way. Like they were like, we're out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, basically. But, you know, I, like I, I still thought it was kind of fun. Like the, I hated the beginning. I don't really like where it fits in with the whole franchise, but at least um, as like a fun haunted house slasher type thing, that part was kind of fun. And the internet thing was kind of cool, even though they didn't really do that much with it. No, they didn't. But that's okay. Fun. Kind of. Being the awkward. <laughs> kind of. Kind of fun. Um, so that wraps up this section of the Halloween franchise, pretty much. Uh, after this franchise was rebooted. And so next week, we're going to be talking about the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, which I'm very excited for. Woo! Very yep. excited. We might We've... like sing the entirety of Dragula on, on <laughs> like, Yes. Um... <laughs> We've made it this far. We've earned the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. I, I really like these movies. These are the first ones I was able to see in theaters because I wasn't old enough for the other ones. Same, yeah. Uh so I have a very special connection to this. I love Rob Zombie as well and love his work. So very excited. Gonna uh, be fun. We're gonna have yeah. a blast. We'll bring you that next week. Um, until then, we hope you're staying inside, staying safe, and watching some cool movies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't don't let that virus get you. Uh, just like you, you want to watch out for Michael Myers, you want to watch out for that virus. Watch uh, out for Miss Rona. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Miss Rona. <laughs> yeah. What? Stay safe, wash your hands, stay inside. And Wear a mask uh, if you go out. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Cuomo said. So in the meantime, Not- you know, you can find us on all the major platforms. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, all that. Uh, subscribe to us if you like what we're doing. Leave us a review. You can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at Movies, And you can email us, buzzedonmovies at gmail.com. And until next week, we'll see you at the movies one of these days. Yeah, not anytime. So we'll see you at Google Hangouts in the meantime. <laughs> or like on Dangertainment. Uh, aim me from your Palm Pilot. <laughs> yeah, send, send me a link to your Yahoo group. Well, I'm we'll Christian out. Rocker 09 without any vowels on <laughs> IM. So let's do oh it. Oh boy, all right. Essence, what is it? Existence precedes essence. (laughs) There you go. There you go. It's my away message.